Hello everyone, this is Jesse Phillips, and you're listening to episode two of Startup Journeys, where I travel the globe to interview startup investors and entrepreneurs. Today, we're in the city of sales, Auckland, New Zealand, to talk to Andy Hamilton, CEO of the Ice House. New Zealand may not be known for startups, but there are some fascinating companies here, and Andy, with the Ice House, has invested in many of them. New Zealand is a remote country made up of two main islands whose square area is approximately equivalent to Colorado. Its population is 4.7 million and GDP per capita is 37,000. Auckland is the largest city with 1.4 million people. The city is set in a unique geological area with two harbors and 86 non-active volcanoes. Its largest industries are information communication technology, food and beverage, and tourism, and most major international corporations have an Auckland office. The Ice House is located in a neighborhood called Purnell, which is just outside the Center Business District. The organization provides a variety of resources for startups, including mentorship programs, shared workspace, and education programs. In July, the Ice House launched the Tahua Fund with 10 million in commitments to invest in 25 Kiwi startups in the next three years. In this episode, I talk with Andy about the thesis behind the Tahua Fund, the scrappy number eight wire mentality of Kiwis, New Zealand's relationship with Silicon Valley, and the New Zealand IPO market. We also discuss two of the Tahua Fund's investments, both of which I think you'll find fascinating. The first is Avertana, a company that creates raw materials out of industrial waste. And the second is Sunfed Meats, which is creating synthetic meats from plant protein. If you're interested in learning more, check out the show notes. Go to jessejourneys.com and click on the Startup Journeys tab. And now, on to the discussion. Andy, I'm really excited to be chatting with you here in Auckland, New Zealand. Uh, and to start off, uh, your website says New Zealand companies have a number eight wire mentality. What is a number eight wire mentality and, and how, do you, how does that characterize Kiwi companies? So number eight wi- wire mentality relates back to our farming history in New Zealand where if you didn't have anything other than wire, you would have to use the wire to solve all your problems. It's essentially, if you're out the back on a farm and you've got a problem, you can't call someone to solve it. You've mm. got to just deal with it. So number eight wire means any problem, any issue we have, we'll find a solution. We'll be creative, thoughtful, and we'll just find a way to make it work. It, it, you know, the challenge when you go to places like America is, is that you can be, you need to be a lot more organized, whereas New Zealanders sometimes just turn up and go, oh, that's all right, I'll sort it out. Mm-hmm. No problem. I can I can solve anything and the number eight wire is make it up when you get there mm-hmm. which is not always the way to do it but it means we can solve problems which is awesome uh, but we need to learn how to win the game in other markets got it and, and probably that means that people don't wait or rely on uh, resources that aren't available they just say you know we can figure this out and uh, make it happen yeah yeah fantastic uh, mentality for startups um, and so what are, what are some of the great New Zealand startup successes uh, um, that, that would be interesting to talk about? So look, you know, one of the ones over the last 20 years is a company like called Fisher & Paykel Healthcare, which makes sleep apnea devices, you know, uh, people who have issues with uh, 
uh, snoring and, and sleeping well. And that was founded by one of our great families, the Fisher and Paykel family, which is into appliances. And, you know, it's a 20-year startup that's now got a great market capitalization, global company. Public? Public. Yeah. Yeah. Listed, public, uh, great profit, building, you know, really cool medical devices. More recently, you might see companies like Rocket Lab, Mm -hmm. which is uh, a space company taking uh, low-weight satellites to orbit from New Zealand, from New Zealand, who would think that? And that's partnered up with NASA and Lockheed Martin and uh, other investors from America as well. But, you know, trying to do a space industry from the bottom of the world. That's amazing. So do they launch here in New Zealand? They're going to be launching. Their launch pad is from a place called the Mahia Peninsula, which is in Gisborne, which is about six hours from Auckland. Uh, And as it happens is, is that it's a really nice place to launch low weight satellites uh because you you know in terms of if they fall out of the sky where do they fall into the Mm -hmm. sea uh but also it's just a good place on the orbit trajectory to do that we never thought that we always thought you had to go to you know america or russia yeah yeah that's amazing yeah yeah, and 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 that's a really good example of of a great kiwi founder didn't go to university had a passion for space and just worked out rethought the way that you get a rocket to space wow D- didn't even go to university and he's literally a, a rocket scientist crazy right? yeah yeah um and, and so i guess he learned how to do this just from being in new zealand and having a passion for uh for the industry he did well he did and you know he worked for our government's um r&d arm at one stage and I suppose he just he had he's one of those boys who looked up to the stars and said wouldn't it be cool if I could commercialize space and he did it yeah and part of that thing with New Zealand riders we're known for like agri you know farming that's mm. one of our strengths maybe we're known a little bit for America's Cup but I kind of think of in the tech scene in New Zealand we kind of we don't have a consistent theme of commercialization it's like the weird ones right mm-hmm. like actually one company can move our GDP you know, yeah. Weta Digital, which is, you know, associated with Peter Jackson, Lord of the Rings. That's a mm-hmm. massive company in New Zealand. Uh, Lanzatech, Fisher & Paykel Healthcare, Zero, mm-hmm. which is a SaaS company and accounting software. It's kind of the weird outliers yeah. are the ones uh, that are kind of interesting. Absolutely. Um, and, and oftentimes the ones that have longevity and, uh, and success. Um, and, and so you touched on a, a lot of different sectors here. Um, you know, some of which are, are buzzing sectors in Silicon Valley in the U.S. What's the relationship like uh, with Silicon Valley, if there is one at all? And, and does uh, kind of the thought leaders from the Valley uh, influence entrepreneurs here? Look, I think there is so... So the really awesome thing about Silicon Valley is, is that it's made up of a whole lot of people uh, who attract capital to that place and attract talent. But also the members of that community now are reaching out, especially around the world. And so we get a lot of people from Silicon Valley coming here, sharing their learnings, sharing their networks. And that's, you know, we can't be Silicon Valley, but we can learn from them and also have access. And I think, you know, it's highly influential. Everyone wants a startup ecosystem around the world. And we're learning a lot. We've got companies up there, you know, the whole time, people up there the whole time. And I think it's kind of, it's kind of like day rigueur now. Sunday night from New Zealand, get on a plane, direct 
to San Francisco mm-hmm. and that just happens it's a trodden path now right. doesn't mean it's easy mm-hmm. you know um, but as opposed to Asia and that's an interesting topic aside people they understand the path to success in Silicon Valley they're inspired by it and they just these young guys now and girls they just get on a plane and go so recently you just launched a new fund the Tahua fund with 10 million dollars What's the thesis behind the fund? So, look, we've got a pretty vibrant angel ecosystem around the ice house and in New Zealand, right? And so, but what we observed is seed stale and seed stage investing and larger angel round investings were gaps in the market, right? Mm-hmm. The third area we noticed is, is that there were some hot companies that were growing really fast that wanted to have quick investment decisions. Mm-hmm. And we were missing out on those. And so basically the Tahua Fund is a, you know, an additional part to our ecosystem sitting alongside our angel network. So it's basically one third seed investing mm-hmm. of up to 250K per investment, one third lead angel investing where we'll go up to a million dollars to power up our angel network to do like a $2 million round. And then the final third is just $150,000 fast follow investments into the likes of like Rocket Lab. Mm-hmm. You know, we might have been able to invest in Rocket Lab when it first got seed funded if we had that decision. And so I think, you know, for us it was let's have a, an offering that enables us to get on as broader cross section of the likely to be possibly successful companies out of New Zealand because we felt that we weren't covering that. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that makes sense. And then once you invest in them, they can take advantage of the other offerings of the, of the ice house. Well, yeah. At, but, well, yes and no. Look, our attitude is uh, on the startup side of the ice house is about investing and backing teams and helping them. And whether they, you know, once they take our investment, if they've got an awesome board and lead investors helping them, great. Mm-hmm. If we can help them, great. If we can't, we, you know, we just want to get on the rocket ships and see that New Zealand as an ecosystem really starts to be successful, which in the end is all about returns, jobs, you know, and succeeding there, not here, because our market's so small. Yeah, and so do you require uh, global uh, global strategies, companies to uh, be uh, pursuing global growth when you invest in them? Look, by virtue of the fact that we have four and a half million, right? Yeah. So we've got a small market. So. Our investment thesis, we would not invest in a, in a uh, startup that's focused on New Zealand. Got it. Okay. So there, there's a few companies in the portfolio now that um, I thought were really cool, and to your point or earlier, kind of outliers and doing interesting things, uh, to, to definitely not the uh, standard path. One is uh, Avertana, um, and, and would love to discuss the company a little bit and how it got founded and, and where you see the opportunity there. So Avatana is a basically a, a it's a biotech or or um, life science company that was founded out of Lanzatech, uh, which is a Kozla Ventures funded company that was taking microorganisms and turning them to fuels. Right, you you know basically putting microorganisms into waste and turning that waste into fuels. And Avatana came up with a thesis that there was a whole lot of valuable materials and chemicals in waste steel slag from steel processing plants including titanium dioxide mm-hmm. so a bunch of alumni of a Kozla Ventures funded company got together uh, did a lab uh, scale 
plant to see if they could actually prove that you could get titanium dioxide out of the waste slag and got seed funded mm-hmm. and is now going through an A round uh, and will maybe next year do a B round looking to build a big production plant around a steel slag source here mm-hmm. uh, prove that and you know you can imagine uh, titanium dioxide for example is the pigment that goes into paint mm-hmm. and if you can okay. produce that from something waste. that's waste that is an awesome awesome thing so that you know they're going through all the trials to chemicals got to raise money it's a lot of money yeah uh, that they'll need to raise but they've had awesome they've had really good success from the local investor community as well as some uh, high net worth family offices connected to chemicals and freight in America mm-hmm. and uh, they're, and they're uh, Kiwi founders yeah the Kiwi founders are based here Lanzatech now is based out of Chicago mm-hmm. uh, and that was part of they needed to go where the market opportunity was but it's an exciting time for Avatana they'll go to their pilot plant next once they've proved that which will be end of this year they'll look to go maybe full scale commercial plant end of 2017 Wow, that, that's uh, that's an exciting trajectory. Do they get uh, some type of credit for or, or tax efficiency from so we don't remediating? Have, yeah. yeah, so we don't have capital gains tax in New Zealand. So um, they have been supported, uh, first of all, by the founders, including mm-hmm. one of the founders of Lanzatech. Uh, so that, you know, they've had founder capital, seed uh, capital from the seed investors, including... Uh, Stephen Tyndall's K1W1, which is our biggest investor in early stage companies. He's invested in 150 startup mm-hmm. companies in New Zealand. And then we also have a government R&D uh, credit and uh, project funding from a company called Callahan Innovation, which is kind of like the small business R&D grants you get in America. Got so, it. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and, and you know, they, they can get, once they get up to scale of R&D uh, tax credits mm-hmm. off the R&D spend. Okay. Let's move on to another another company that um, I thought was really cool. Uh, again, a little bit off the beaten path, Sunfed Meats. Um, and now there's been a few companies in the U.S. Yeah, too that are doing doing some interesting things around this, uh, and and it falls a bit within the sustainability theme. And um, we'd love to hear how you got introduced to Sunfed Meats and and. Um, so the really cool thing with having a co-working space here in New Zealand is actually the founder of this company, which is a software developer, a lady called Sharma Lee, uh, she had a vision uh, and a pers- personal belief that um, she lo- really liked the, you know, the iron that comes from meats, uh, but she was interested in how you could get a product like that with vegetarian. Actually, um, she's Indian, mm-hmm. lives in Auckland, New Zealand, and so she created this thesis around, well, why don't we take pea proteins and extrude them into pea, protein. pea proteins okay. and ex- extrude them into like chicken and meat like substitutes mm-hmm. so that it's a you know uh that it's vegetarian and meat free but you get the iron benefits had a thesis around it again uh did some testing and trials to prove tasteability mm-hmm. uh, and then reached out to some of the uh, she's got some great investors out of the u.s including the chairman of her advisory board is is from uh, Hammond, uh, what's that company called? Uh, Hampton Creek. Hampton Creek. Yeah, and also Which out. Bill of, Gates invested. In. Yep, and yeah. also out of the US, and then we we have co-invested, you know, into that round. They're now just going through 
their pilot plant and Mm -hmm. making initial production and the other interesting thing in New Zealand which what we can do for someone like Sharma and Sunfed Meats is through our investor group you know we've got people who sit on the some of the largest purchasing boards for your fast food companies in the Asia Pacific you know that uh, you know if you can produce this product they are really interested that's that's great yeah so that's pretty cool right And, and that's you know that's just an entrepreneur who had a vision, but now got a whole team around her, uh, enabling production, partnering with uh, supply companies to be able to see if that can happen. And you know, yeah. if if that flies, like the metrics, mm-hmm. then I, I don't think there's any issue with raising capital. And that's the interesting thing, right? Money's quite a commodity at the moment. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not hard. It's always hard to raise money, but if you can get and prove something, show some metrics. Mm-hmm. capital will flow to you yeah what, what are some of the metrics uh, you have a, a lot of diverse companies at the ice house and, and in the Tahua fund yep are there any standard metrics after you invest the seed round uh, or the angel round um, that you like to get your portfolio companies up to so they're positioned to raise a growth round of capital um, or maybe there aren't any well metrics. because we we go from food tech to you know life science um, to med device to SaaS it's it's quite hard but mm-hmm. you know look, everyone just talks about the you know being able to double the rate or scaling of you, you know if you're if you're going from 20,000 MRR to 40,000 MRR so I think what I would say back to you is is that we're always just looking for really good growth outcomes from the investment but Here's the thing that's different between New Zealand and Australia. When our companies make that leap to Singapore or to SF, the challenge is they go through a really dipping period mm-hmm. where they have to reestablish and their MRR and their metrics, they trail off. And often that takes 12 to 18 months for that to happen. And that's, that's quite a massive challenge. And this is when they're entering a new market overseas. Yeah. Okay. Takes time. Takes longer into yeah. Asia than it does into America. But, you know, most of our companies would say 12 to 18 months in America to get established. Wow, okay. And so you really need a capital partner that has the, the, the vision uh, and longevity to bring them through that period. Yeah, and imagine if you're from SF, you would just say, sure, come to come mm-hmm. to SF, come, come to us, yeah. and we'll fund you when you're here because they shouldn't have to fund mm-hmm. the downscaling or the slow growth while they get established. So that's a part of what our responsibility for the ecosystem here is to go how can we get them funded through that period yeah and then the metrics start taking off again in a bigger tam you know a bigger market and i think that's you know i've been really encouraged actually by the growth of the ecosystem in australia that you know they're pretty dormant for a while but now with things like blackbird ventures airtree um and the others there you know square peg you're starting to see quite a vibrant vc ecosystem which we'll be able yes. to partner with as well yes well, that, that's fantastic um so so let's move on crowdfunding has has been getting some traction here in new zealand and what's interesting is not only have startups raised th- through these platforms but uh venture capital funds have as well have you felt that impact here at the ice house uh and uh, do you think it's a sustainable source of capital? So, you know, in New Zealand, um, the government changed the legislation to enable uh, equity crowdfunding and peer-to-peer lending, you know, as a trial over the last couple of years. If you look at the New Zealand early stage markets, about 100 million New Zealand dollars, was it about 
85 US dollar market and the equity crowdfunding is 15 million of that number mm-hmm. uh, after only two years. I, I look at it as only but positive. Of course, we've seen a bit more opening up of SME funding via the equity crowdfunding, but we've also seen startups. I think the attitude is more companies funded, the better. Uh, the challenge is a lot of these startups, they need domain expertise and specialized pattern matching. And sometimes the equity crowdfunding, if it's not with the right model, mm-hmm. doesn't lead to that. But look, I saw last night actually Equitize, which is an Australasian equity crowdfunder, has just copied the Angel List Syndicates model, mm-hmm. you know. And I think that's an encouraging thing. So I, I think it just spreads the ecosystem. It's a good thing and it's broadening investment participation, almost democratizing it. The challenge will come when a number of these businesses don't meet expectations and fall over. You know, it is yes. an angel investor myself, you know, invested in you know, over 50 companies. I know I'm looking for that power, you know, curve, mm-hmm. return on five. Yeah. And I know I may as well write off the 45 that don't get there. Yeah. And do the other people know that? And that's gonna be something that they're gonna learn. Got it, yeah, that, that makes sense. And, and maybe uh, you will, uh, at the Tahua Fund, have some qual- more qualified more capitalized companies that have previously done crowdfunding and now ready to to yeah. raise from the two funds. It's interesting. We well, we haven't seen a lot of crossover. Okay. And when we've seen crossover of our companies that have gone to equity crowdfunding, it is because they've struggled to raise the money from the maybe the formal market, and mm-hmm. so they're going right. Well, let's go and raise money from that. And I just think it's early days. It's a really positive contribution they've made to the New Zealand market in my view we're actually a shareholder in one of them so uh, and in a peer-to-peer lending market and I think anything new and innovation and generally I think there is a lack of innovation in the funding space for companies Hmm. so anything that can democratize and open that up and you know it is so hard to take a startup from New Zealand to Australia to Asia and to America Mm -hmm. anything that's going to you know extend the runway Bring more value has got to be a good thing. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Let's talk about the other end of the, the, spec, the spectrum, the IPO market um, and the New Zealand uh, stock exchange here. Uh, in the US, for, for tech IPOs, the market has been a, a total standstill right now. Uh, what's the market like here in New Zealand? So w- IPO market, we, we treat New Zealand and Australia as, as one. Uh, and the ASX in Australia is uh, like they've listed 45 tech companies I think this year and three or four of them are from New Zealand and so you're actually seeing New Zealand companies quite interested in listing on the ASX especially the med life science companies so Adherian one of ours listed last year um, and also most recently a SaaS company called Nine Spokes listed on really good valuations and so actually pretty good New Zealand market harder to list technology companies who haven't mm-hmm. got scale although over the last five years there's been about 25 New Zealand tech companies which are 10 years plus older that have come to the market so actually it's been quite vibrant while the US has been stagnant yeah. the challenges as you know is if you go really early mm-hmm. and list then you're gonna struggle to keep your share price up as you go up and down in your performance absolutely what what is the minimum scale uh, you often see Raising, raising money from the public markets. So look, if you're really early, like Zero mm-hmm. listed, you know, really early without 
maybe any track record other than the founder you know and that's proved to be a pretty successful hmm. you know uh, listing so if, you, if you're early you know no track record other than the reputation of, of the people if you're later then you know it's look if you're not making five million EBIT and turning over more than 50 million it's a waste of time I think listing yeah. I think it's hard to get that away but it just you know it all depends I think we all know that early early stage listed is not the greatest environment unless you have a highly experienced founder team and yeah. board who has confidence in delivering but everyone I speak to who's got a listed company you know who's listed their company that you know they love it but they find it very hard to not get affected by the dailies ups and downs of the share price and the and the maybe the constricted cap you know that comes from being listed Absolutely. Yeah, and that, that's something I think a lot of American companies struggle with as well. So one thing we were, we were chatting about before is how a lot of New Zealand investors are more generalists versus specialists in uh, the States and, and, and other countries. Um, we'd love to chat about that and, and get your perspective on that. Yeah, so look, you know, because we live at the bottom of the world, because we've only got four and a half million people, and because we have this number eight why mentality, that means that we're really good problem solvers, and we're good at, we're a little bit good at a lot of things. And you know, so if you look at my daily job, you know, I, I will see so many different companies. So my pattern matching skills are quite good. Mm-hmm. But also, we get found out when you're trying to enterprise sale into banks in North America, mm-hmm. you can't make that up. You have to know how to do that. You have to know if you're like doing a dealer channel model into Asia you need to have done that before and you need to hire people who've done that before and so I think you know coupled with we're an angel backed economy not a venture backed economy because Mm. you know we we don't have a Silicon Valley style Israel style Singapore style venture capital market we have an angel backed you know economy so you put generalism with low amounts of capital Mm -hmm. it puts an inordinate amount of pressure on our teams you know because if you have more money you can hire people but if you don't have the money and so I think that's something that we're really learning how to do that and it's a massive transition going to America for our companies culturally getting credibility and and I just think that's something I think we're getting way better at it Mm -hmm. way more confident we're quite you know compared to the Australians we're quite uh, humble Mm -hmm. you know it's a bit like the American Canadian relationship you know and I think for us, we're just learning that. It doesn't mean that we don't believe in ourselves. It just takes a while for us. You know, we're never going to stand up on stage and shout like mm-hmm. others. But mm-hmm. we are learning. You know, when you go to SF, I've got a company pitching in LA and SF at the moment. And, you know, daily I'm sending them messages, gene them up, going, believe. Imagine yeah. imagine you're from New York and you're coming over or you're from California. That's great. Because those guys pitch their asses off and and we kind of, we mumble a bit and, you know, we, we don't back ourselves and we need to do more of that. Yeah, that, that that's great. That, that makes sense. And, and for the companies that do scale, that come out of uh, what, what you describe as kind of a low capital, low specialized environment, that's huge validation. If they're able to get through that. Uh, it speaks to the the scrappiness uh, and the tenacity of the entrepreneur. Yeah, and you know, one of the things that I, I don't know whether you guys realize, the awesome thing with SEF's ecosystem and also the ecosystems in places like Singapore is actually, you know, 
if you can get those metrics going, there is some amazing people who will be advisors and will help you build your your executive teams Mm -hmm. and will help connect you to companies because in those ecosystems, everyone wants to be on a hot company. And so I think I've got three or four companies going into the US at the moment where the access to talent, because their metrics are good, is just amazing. That's fantastic. That's great. So ending off here uh, on a, on a fun note, uh, if someone's coming to Auckland for the first time, uh, what do you suggest they they check out here in town? So you know, we're uh, our nickname is the City of Sales. We have the you know two harbors that are within one point two kilometers, and we have an awesome kind of beaches and fauna within our two hours of Auckland. So Auckland is you know it's a multinational city like Sydney. It's probably the number one South Pacific capital and multicultural city in the world with Mm -hmm. um, Asia, Pacific Islands, even a few Australians in our our community. So it's an awesome, vibrant city, uh, beautiful sailing and fishing, Mm -hmm. and it's a gateway to the rest of New Zealand. And obviously in the past we used to say, hey, just go to the South Island because it's the most beautiful place in the world. But Auckland's just awesome, and it's got a vibrant tech ecosystem. Yeah. Andy Hamilton, uh, we're here at the Ice House. Thanks a lot, Andy. Pleasure. Thanks for tuning in to episode two of Startup Journeys. As always, I'd love to hear your questions, comments, and suggestions. Email me at startupjourneys at gmail.com. And you can follow me on Instagram at jessejourneys and check out my blog at jessejourneys.com. If you like what you heard, give it a review. I'm Jesse Phillips, and this is Startup Journeys.